Welcome to the Influencer Marketing Roundup. My name is Keith Bendis. We are breaking down the top stories in social media, influencer marketing, and the broader creator economy. A lot going on in this space. We've got a lot to get through, so let's dive right in. So first on the agenda, a lot of news out of TikTok in the last few weeks. So some good, some bad, some feature-based, some scrutiny from, from the government and others. Let's start with the idea and the feature that creators are now able to limit short form videos to adult only audiences. This is actually a much bigger deal than I think a lot of people realize. There were limitations on what type of brands could work with influencers because influencers couldn't promote content on their own handles in certain categories. Those categories included financial services, pharmaceuticals, many health and wellness companies. Now that they have age gating in organic posts, it makes it much easier for influencers to work with those brands and post. Those brands can also use the age gating so that when they post from their owned accounts, they can toggle the 18 plus uh, feature so that it's only seen by those audiences. So this is actually a much bigger deal than I think the new cycle gave it. And it's a really good thing for a lot of brands to have this level of access and sophistication with, with where their content is seen. So that's first news out of TikTok. The second was they announced an IMDb partnership. So good news for entertainment companies. Basically, it's a new feature where users can tag a movie or TV show in their video, which then drives to a dedicated in-app page with IMDb, provided information about the specific title as well as collection of related TikTok videos. So if you're in the entertainment space, this is just good new, new functionality for you to promote titles, for you to promote, promote new movies where it's keeping you within the TikTok ecosystem but providing important information from IMDb. So a bit of a small feature launch, but good for the entertainment industry. Another feature they launched was Talent Manager Portal. So talent managers can now oversee and execute brand opportunities within TikTok's portal. And so that just makes it much easier for brands to work with megastar celebrities within the creator marketplace because they now have this talent manager portal so they can interact with the managers directly. So that is actually a pretty good feature. It's going to help a lot with reaching some of the, the bigger talent if you are a brand. On the other side of TikTok, or let's stick on some of the feature expansion, uh, they also allow DM settings now so users can choose who can message them. Now a user has a choice over who can send them a DM on TikTok. TikTok. It includes everyone, just suggested friends, mutual followers, people you've sent message to, or just no one if you don't want to receive messages at all. This will ultimately help creators connect more intimately with users because now they can converse with them. It also will help brands much more easily reach creators because now if they have more accessibility, similar to working with the talent agents, if it's just easier to connect with creators, then obviously it's easier to form partnerships with them. So I would say that is another feature that makes it a little bit easier to work with creators. On the negative side, you know, there's been a host of, of news. Obviously, schools have been banning TikTok on campuses. That's been a hot topic. The number of schools keeps increasing. TikTok was under scrutiny with, with some of the practices where employees were able to track members of the press. But the biggest news probably of recent was the idea of heating. And so this is that employees of TikTok were actually boosting and promoting content. So they had manual controls over what was going viral. And for a platform that has made its name on the sophistication of its algorithm, this is not good news for TikTok. It calls into question a lot of things and how widespread this, this concept of heating is, I don't think we fully know quite yet, but the idea that it exists 
the idea that employees were doing it and, and it's been proven and they admitted to it, it's really not a good look for the platform. So that was some of the big negative news from TikTok. In terms of the other platforms and what's happening, you had Instagram in the beginning of this year. Um, Adam Asari outlined the key priorities for 2023. A lot of it was around one, reprioritizing photos. Obviously, the platform with Reels made a huge bet on video, but they are starting to reprioritize photos. And then just a bigger emphasis on social sharing and, and kind of the core of what Instagram is, which is connecting people versus just being pure entertainment like TikTok. So that was an interesting opening to the year where they made those kinds of statements. Um, in terms of things that they've that they've changed or launched, they're removing the shop tab. So that was big news. Instagram's removing the shop tag, adding the plus sign at the bottom middle. So that's more the compose button and going back to what was there before. Now, I don't know if this is truly a negative on shopping and social commerce. I still think there's big bets that Instagram and Meta are making there. It just shows that having it as a separate tab is not the user behavior people want. They won't, don't want it to be a standalone shopping experience. They want it to just be an integrated part of the Instagram experience. Interesting to see that because we did just see Amazon recently launch Inspire, which is almost identical. It's going to be its own part of the app, separate tab. You could actually watch short form videos that are all shoppable. So I don't know how well that's going to play for Amazon, giving what we've just seen Instagram do. Uh, but again, I still think shopping is going to be a massive part of the, the Instagram and the meta experience. It's just not going to be its own tab within the app right now. The other big announcement from Instagram was they, they introduced lead forms as a CTA button. So those are on business profiles. Really interesting. Now businesses could capture more data on their consumers. So it's more of a direct response brand profile. So you could set up questions. The questions could be multiple choice, open-ended. Uh, it's a pretty cool functionality, especially for brands that are a bit more DR focused. How much information or how many consumers are going to be willing to provide their information in these, in these lead forms, that's a huge question mark. But if you assume there is going to be some engagement and the fact that there's very low barrier to somebody starting a page right now, there really isn't a whole lot of downside and you might as well be exploring it and testing it if your account has it. It's unclear if this is wide scale release and when that would happen. It doesn't seem like everyone has access to it today, but it's very easy to just check on your business profile if you're able to add a lead form. And if you can, you might as well do it. So that's most of the news coming out of Instagram. If you look at Meta at a higher level, Meta announced a partnership where they're paying BuzzFeed nearly $10 million to generate content for Facebook and Instagram. As part of that $10 million deal, BuzzFeed has agreed to help generate creator content for all of Meta's platforms and train creators to grow their present online by helping them understand what makes content resonate more widely. So it is an interesting agreement. Meta's obviously focused on creating more content. There is an interesting element of pub publishers in this Pinterest actually made news that they had to deal with, with a publisher as well. And their CEO has been very clear that they want to double down on publisher relationships. So this is an interesting dynamic that we're seeing grow from all the social platforms. But $10 million is not a small amount. So it is an interesting deal that they have now with BuzzFeed. Moving on, let's take a look at what Twitter is doing. So Twitter has rolled out TikTok style for you page. They're joining many who have gone in this direction. So Twitter feed will now be split into two tabs, the for you and the following. So the for you page, obviously very similar to the TikTok for you page. That's going to be the default when opening the app. So similar to how it defaults when you open the TikTok app, but you can toggle to following if you want to then see the different page of just the people you're following. So that's what's going on with Twitter's homepage. In terms of uh, Twitter's other innovations and announcements, 
one, they, they just applied for U.S. licenses to facil facilitate in-app payments. Not a surprise, Musk has made his priority in payments pretty clear. And considering where he comes from, this is a very obvious play for Twitter. It's also a very lucrative potential play in terms of generating revenue that isn't advertising dependent, which needs to be a priority for basically every social platform right now. So in essence, it's taking its next steps to facil facilitating payments within the app, it's just another way for Twitter to generate revenue. They would take revenue in all the purchases that actually happen within the app. There's also the peer-to-peer -peer transfer part of payments. That's a really interesting element of this. If I want to transfer a sibling or a friend money and I do it through Twitter, that could be an application for the future. But he's repeatedly said how large this opportunity is for Twitter, and he's going to, to pursue it with all steam. How long it takes, we don't know. I mean, getting through US and global because they want to do global payments as well is going to be a beast of a process, but this is, is a clear sign that they're moving in that direction right now. The last part of Twitter's updates is they're working on an affiliates tab, which would appear on your profile. Affiliate, affiliates is obviously a hot topic for all of the platforms. How much success any of them are going to have is a big question mark. You've seen some sunset them, some introduce them. So we're going to track that closely as it gets introduced but it's something that is another feature that Musk is rolling out. Let's move on to YouTube. YouTube had a few announcements. They're gonna provide more context on policy violations, including specific guidance on where the violations occurred in the video. A lot of this stems to just more transparency in what is getting flagged, what is getting taken down. After we saw what happened with the Twitter files, I think every platform is trying to move towards a bit more transparency and do it in a proactive manner versus reacting to, to negative sentiment over things that are happening. So anything that happens in this space, it, it seems like it is a direct response to some of the negative things that happen for Twitter and others. So it's good to hear that YouTube is, is prioritizing transparency. In other news, let's go outside of the main social platforms. Discord acquired gas. That was a bit of a surprise. Gas really made waves late last year. It came out of left field as one of the most popular app and the most popular app for teenagers. And so for those that don't know, Gas is the poll-based app that basically allows people, students to compliment each other anonymously. It's gonna to continue to operate as a standalone app according to the Discord team, but they are utilizing a lot of the resources over at Gas. So a lot of this was a bit of aqua hire as well, it feels. Um, Gas really, uh, it's, it's amazing what their rise was and how it's sustained with teenagers. Let's see if it actually has staying power. You know, Be Real certainly had a lot more noise in 2022, but Gas really closed the year hot and to see Discord acquire it in this way was, was shocking for a lot of people in the industry. And finally, if we if we look at Twitch, Twitch had an open letter to creators from their executives, and the executives basically doubled down on on the prioritization of creators and that they it is their top priority. They mapped out a lot of their plans for 2023. It include more monetization options for creators, better analytics views, tools for creators to promote their streams on Twitch, but also off Twitch. So it very much was a reorienting of you are the priority. Here's what we're going to be doing. And, and you can have confidence in us as a platform. Twitch has always been an interesting one. They haven't rolled out the tools as effectively as other platforms like TikTok and Meta, especially if you think about creator marketplaces and the ability for brands and agencies and, and influencer platforms to very seamlessly identify contract, track influencers, et cetera. So they've been a little bit behind the game when it comes to broad-based scaled influencer partnerships, but given their usage numbers and given 
brands desire to diversify and focus on the gaming audience and the streaming audience, it seems like that's just a lot of low hanging fruit where if they prioritize it and they release features similar to others, they could see a lot more growth in their creator space. I forgot about LinkedIn. Let's not forget about LinkedIn. So LinkedIn had a lot of conversation about boosting newsletter discoveries. So newsletter has worked very well for LinkedIn, according to them which is interesting because you've seen a lot of other players sunset their newsletter offerings or just shutter them entirely if they're independent organizations. But LinkedIn has seen really good usage. And so what they're basically doing is displaying subscriptions on user profiles. You can't even opt out. So if I follow newsletters and you are on my profile, you could see what newsletters I follow. And so they're trying to boost the discovery of newsletters by seeing what else people are following within your network and that could translate into really strong growth of newsletters so it's another one of those things where the lift is not too much to start a newsletter it it probably is the right time to do it and to play in that space the really interesting nuance on newsletters is that it emails everyone when a new newsletter is released who subscribes to your newsletter which is fantastic because that means you're not completely reliant on them seeing it in the linkedin feed they're actually getting an email the downside is that email list is not owned by you, the newsletter owner, which is a really big deal because now it's not your first party data and you are reliant on LinkedIn as the platform in that situation when you're building your audience there. So it's something to consider. But again, given they are prioritizing as a platform, it is something that should be part of your repertoire. That's all we've got today. It was a busy, busy few weeks in the world of influencer marketing and social media. It's going to be probably a busy few weeks coming up. So stay tuned. We'll have a lot more coming your way. All right. I'm Keith Bendis. This is the Influencer Marketing Roundup. See you next time.